0: Today, with the Universal Church, we celebrate Latare celebrate Sunday. Latare means to rejoice. But the question we have to begin to ask ourselves is what are we rejoicing about? We're in the time and in the midst of Lent, a time of purification, a time for preparation. So what is there to rejoice about? I think in all our readings today, especially our gospel reading, we are given and illustrate why we're supposed to rejoice. We're rejoicing in our own story, our own story of salvation. And as a local church today, we join with our RCIA elect to celebrate their second scrutiny, an invitation for them to reflect deeper on the mystery of faith reflect deeper on their spiritual journey, and prepare themselves more urgently for the reception of the sacraments at Easter. But I think with that same mindset in mind, I think we all can learn something together today in this scrutiny. We can all together learn something today about Latare Sunday, but most importantly, for all of us together to look back and study and understand our story. Our story of salvation. We hear today in our gospel reading about a man born blind. In scripture when we look and understand the illness of blindness it's not just about a physical blindness. Yes this man was healed by Jesus and his sight was restored but for the gospel writer John that illness that blindness is not just physical. But that blindness is a spiritual blindness that we all have A spiritual blindness that began from the beginning The spiritual blindness begins from our birth This blindness that we have spiritually is a distortion of the reality that we're supposed to have And that reality was to bring us back to the understanding of the Garden of Eden John wants us to go back to that moment and see: this is what we're meant to be. This is where we were meant to rely in Him. Was the Garden of Eden, where everything around us was perfect. God created everything to be perfect, but because of original sin, everyone is born into the this, 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 this was born into a dysfunctional world. Born into a world of hatred, of envy, of jealousy. A world that doesn't exist and doesn't have love. That doesn't share love. So as we continue on the reading, we see Jesus take his spit and mud to combine that to heal the blindness. It draws us back again to our story. Where do we hear the use of mud or of the earth? It begins again. That's drawing back to the creation story, to the creation of man, in which God blows His breath into creation and creates man out of dust. We were created in His image and His likeness, but in our free choice, we fall into sin. And therefore we ourselves are in need of healing and that healing comes about when humanity and divinity meet together in and through the incarnation. And it is through the incarnation where you and I are healed from our spiritual blindness where we are healed to be able to see our sight is restored again our health is being renewed. And so in rubbing that mud and his saliva to heal the man. He heals each and every one of us from this distorted view of the world. The world in which we were meant to relate and connect and to love him unconditionally is now therefore restored again. We are able now to sit here and call Abba, Father, and plead to the Father's help and ask for the Father's need. And as we continue into that reading, he then instructs the blind man to go to the pool and clean the mud off his eyes. Where do we get cleansed again? It begins right at that baptismal font where we, because of our original sin, are brought to the baptismal font by our parents, baptized in the water of new life, Take on the new life in Christ. But what is beautiful, especially for those coming in at Easter, is the sense of being immersed in the water. It's not just a simple like washing your hair in a little water to clean it off, but fully immersing oneself in the water to be cleansed, to be purified, to be renewed again. This restoration of life, this cleaning off of ourselves, is not just this little scrub. In the bathtub but in a sense that we are all completely clean we're all restored again in newness of life we are able to be children of God we are able to be restored in sight that mud therefore from our eyes are washed away the dirtiness of original sin is cleansed off our souls and we are now able to be in relationship with him more fully we're able to receive his grace to be his sons and daughters. But there's a challenge, my dear brothers and sisters. We've embraced this newness of life. We've embraced this new way of life. We've been changed from within ourselves. We are following Christ, and we've taken on this identity of Christ through baptism. But we live in a world. We live in a relationship with others. The difficulty becomes People around us just like the blind man didn't enjoy really much, didn't like the fact that he has changed forever. He's taken on this new identity to himself. His newness of life, it has made everyone around him uncomfortable, has challenged the status quo. And in causing them to be unhappy, they begin to question whether that's truly him. Because their sight, their sight, And seeing the blind man is different from what they understand of him. To put it very frankly, think of it as a sinner who's converted and changed his ways. Think of it it as a murderer who doesn't kill people anymore. Those identities don't line up. They don't match up anymore. So when we have changed our ways, embraced the life of Christ, our way of life has been radically changed forever. Forever. We're marked by the sign of Christ. We are now Christians. We are now sons and daughters of Christ. Our lives are radically different by that virtue because of that. So the people around us aren't happy with it because we stand for the truth. We stand for God's love. We live a life radically different from everyone else. And so people around us aren't going to be happy with us. The world around us wants us to live in darkness The darkness of sin The darkness of mistrust The darkness of hatred Deceiving our minds to what is truly the truth Deceiving our minds from what is truly good And hindering us from seeing what is truly beautiful Because in darkness They can keep us at bay Think of it this way If you walk into an old room that may have had cockroaches, cobwebs, spiders all over the place If you keep the light off, will you see the cockroaches? Will you see the spiders? Will you see all the dust that's on the furniture? You won't see anything farther than about a feet, two feet in front of you But when you turn on that light, you begin to see the horrors of life You begin to see the horrors of that room. You begin to see the imperfections that exist within that room and the uncleanliness of that room. The world doesn't want us to see that. The world wants to keep us in darkness. People around us want to keep us in darkness. But we are the children of light. We are the sons and daughters of Christ. We are called to live a radical life and we are called to be that light that shines in the darkness, that radiates and shows the imperfection into the world so that we can live a life more fully, so that we can live a life intentional for God. What is so powerful is that he is brought in front of the Pharisees to be questioned. And the simple question that is asked is, are you the man that was born blind? And what is subtle in the Gospel of John is he simply responds, I am. And as I was reading and studying it, I I caught, you know, something interesting in that. Because the word I am is used so much in the Gospel of John. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the true shepherd. But the blind man responds the same way, I am. So when you look back at the Greek, it says me," which is the same words that Jesus, when God uses on Mount Sinai when he reveals who he truly is to Moses. I am who I am as I am with you. The tetragrammaton. And therefore, we hear and we see for ourselves when we enter through that part of our journey, when we've taken on this identity, when we've been cleansed of our original sin, when we take on this newness of life, we become image bearers of Christ. We begin to make present God's presence within us. God is in us And therefore, we go out into the world bearing and bringing and making present God to the world. And therefore, our life should be and needs to be radically different from others. Just like St. Paul said, it is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. I am living Christ out within the world. I'm bringing Christ to the world. And therefore, I'm called to radically change the world by my words, my actions, and my deeds. I therefore am set apart from everything else. I am made for greatness. I am made for holiness. And therefore I should strive to live that life of virtue, to live that life of holiness, and live out my full potential. I'm supposed to live the way God created me to be, which is that existence from the beginning in the Garden of Eden in perfect harmony, in perfect relationship with God. So what do we do, my dear brothers and sisters? If we listen to that story, we look at our gospel reading, it seems so fitting that it's just meant for the RCIA elect, for the catechumens. But it really is not just for them, it is for all of us here gathered here today. Because that spiritual journey that we come is not a linear journey. I passed checkpoint A, checkpoint B, checkpoint C, and therefore I am done. I am a Christian and I am good. But our spiritual journey, my dear brothers and sisters, is a cyclical journey that we go over and over these points of our life. They may not come up the same way like it did 10 years ago when we were younger. It may not come up the same 10 years down the line, either. But these same principles come about over and over and over again. We sit here today carrying our own blindness in our faith. We carry our own blindness unaware of God's presence in our midst. We carry our own blindness to the things that God has in store for each and every one of us. So when are we going to approach the Lord and ask Him to heal us Ask him to restore our sight to see where he's been in our life. To see where he's calling us to do. To see how he's been present and walking with us every day, every moment, and every aspect of our life. And once we're restored and healed, how can we be cleansed of those issues so that we can go out into the world, manifest that love, show where God has been present in our lives at this moment, and rejoice in joy. That God is here with me, and to continue to live my life more fully, more vibrantly, more excited about our Lord. We all carry the cyclical journey in our lives. So, as we rejoice, we rejoice in the fact that the Lord has come to save us. The Lord has restored us back into true relationship with Him where we're meant to be. So, we are to rejoice. But in rejoicing, it calls us to action. It calls us to do something about it. Because you can't just sit there and be rejoiced with your arms crossed and pouting, right? You have to leap for joy. Shout for joy to the world, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come sing to him in his joy. So let us in this joy recognize and see that God has restored our life. We are saved by Him. But we're called to continue to rejoice every day and every moment as we restore ourselves over and over again to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Amen.